Today's reading from the Hebrew Scriptures comes from the book of Micah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. Listen to what the Lord says. Stand up, plead my case before the mountains. Let the hills hear what you have to say. Hear that you mountains, the Lord's accusation. Listen, you everlasting foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a case against his people. He is lodging a charge against Israel. My people, what have I done to you? How, how have I burdened you? Answer me. I brought you up out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. I have sent Moses to lead you, also Aaron and Miriam. My people remember what Balak, king of Moab, plotted, and what Balaam, son of Beor, answered. Remember your journey from Shedim to Gilgal. Remember you know the, the righteous acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams? Shall I offer my, f will 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Today's gospel is from the book of Matthew, chapter five, verses one through 12. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to a mountain side and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they are, will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will be in, inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Hannah, for reading that scripture. Sometimes we need to look backward before we can look forward. And this may be one of those moments where we look back at a text that is 2,800 years old, Micah, 8th century, before Christ or before the Common Era. And if that anthem, that spectacular anthem was not enough, I want to uh, teach you a song that may help you and me let these words just become part of us so that if we are ever in a season of our life where we don't know what to do or don't know what God's will is, we'll know what to do. If you know this song, sing with me. If you don't know this song, sing with me. <laughs> what does the Lord require of you? 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 What does the Lord require? So the next part goes like this. Sing this with me. 
to seek justice and love kindness and walk humbly with our God to seek justice and love kindness and walk humbly with our God to seek justice and love kindness and walk humbly And walk humbly with our God. Okay, now I don't know how to split this up. Do you want to go with uh, whatever your inclination in vocal range is, or should we do sides? Jack, you want to do sides? All right. So this side, you're going to sing the What Does the Lord Require of You? And you just keep singing it. I'll make it clear when we're going to stop. You're going to sing to seek justice and love kindness. Just keep singing it until I make it clear we're going to stop. Let's start with this side. I'll wave you in. What does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require of you? To seek justice and love kindness and walk humbly with our God. Seek justice and love kindness and walk humbly with our God. Let's sing that one more time. To seek justice and love kindness and walk humbly with our God. To seek justice and love kindness. And walk humbly with our God. Oh, you sound beautiful. That may be the word of the Lord to us today. Micah wrote this in the 8th century before Christ or before the common era. He wrote it to the people and the leadership of Israel. For they were in crisis, but they didn't know they were in crisis. The leadership was doing quite well. They were extremely wealthy, they were extremely powerful, and they were extremely unaware of the millions of people who had nothing. They were unaware of people who were going through crisis. And they thought, hey, this is all well and good. We don't even need God anymore. And so God sent Micah, the prophet, to the people of Israel to say, God has a word for you, for you are going down the wrong path. The leadership at that time in Israel had chosen arrogance over humility. They had chosen the law over love. They had chosen the power of might to be greater than right. 
And God, for some reason, allowed them to do that, as God allows us all free choice to make decisions even when they are not good for us. And God sent Micah to, to woo the people back to the covenant. God didn't condemn the people who had lost their way. God didn't condemn the leadership that had lost their way. God's love is a covenant love that says, I will not stop loving you. Even when you make bad decisions, I will not stop loving you. But if you want to be in the flow of love, come back. Return to the covenant. Return to relationship. Micah was basically saying to the, the leadership of Israel at the time, if you want to make Israel great again, you need to do it with humility. A humility that says, I don't have all the answers, but I trust God. A humility that recognizes the needs of all people. And so Micah gave this word to the people of Israel then and to us now. To come back to the relationship, you need to do three things, he said to the people then and to us. Seek justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God. Now, justice is a loaded word that we don't fully appreciate in, in the English language. The justice that Micah was talking about in Hebrew was a, a word that well, it's hard to explain. Let me humbly try. When the people of Israel failed, God could have punished them, but God didn't. Rather, God came to them with nothing but love and said, come home. That's justice. That's the justice of the Hebrew scriptures and the Hebrew word. It is a love that confounds us, that befuddles us, that makes us protest and say, we don't deserve that kind of love. The justice that we often think about in the English language is a retributive justice. The justice of God is a restorative justice. You see the difference? Retribution says, you did something wrong, you're going to pay for it. Tit for tat, you, de you did this bad, you deserve to be in jail, let's say. And sometimes that is the case. Restorative justice is, you're going down the wrong path. But my love for you is so great, I'm not going to let you go down the wrong path for very long. Retributive justice, graceless, tit-for-tat, meritocracy. Restorative justice, love, forgiveness, hard work, reconciliation, justice, care for all people. You see the different, same word, 
justice, but different understandings. We in the Judeo-Christian tradition are encouraged to lean more towards restorative justice. There's enough retributive justice out there in the world. We may be the ones who hold the gift of restorative justice that restores people to relationship. When we use the term social justice, that's what we're talking about. A rightness that includes all people. A way of looking at society that says, we know that God evaluates countries and cultures by how they care for the least of these. How they care for, in in the Hebrew sense, this is who God lifted up specifically in Scripture. People of faith, you need to care for the widows. You need to care for the orphans. You need to care for the foreigners in your midst. You need to care for those who are on the margins, those who are on the outside, those who are poor, those who are left out. That's who God cares about. And that's how God evaluates all cultures and countries and movements. How do the people of God care for the least of these, the most vulnerable? I've been aware of the Chatham United Methodist Church for about 35 years. It first came onto my radar screen in the early 80s when I was attending annual conference of the Northern New Jersey Conference of the United Methodist Church. And Chatham United Methodist Church, which was then under the the leadership of Bob Simpson, Dale Forsman, and good and faithful and active lay people, up through the, the 90s, I remember hearing Galen Goodman preach at annual conference. I remember seeing Dale Forsman at work in Rise, caring for the people of Northern Appalachia. As, and and, I, and I, I always knew that the Chatham United Methodist Church was a justice church, a church that didn't just care about its relationship with God, but a church that cared for its relationship with people and the most vulnerable and the poor. Chatham United Methodist Church has always had a reputation of being big-hearted and extremely generous and willing to get your hands dirty for the work of God. Since its inception, I presume, in 1832, There have been Methodists here in Chatham that have been trying to live out this gospel call of seeking justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God. I remember when this congregation hosted South Africans and cared for the apartheid movement and the anti-apartheid movement I have been aware for 35 years of this congregation being one that advocates for strong women and recognizes in many cases the call of clergy women to, to preach and to administer the sacraments. This church has a reputation, a DNA. The soul of this congregation is one that is inclusive, one that cares for social justice and right relationships 
And I am so grateful to be in your midst as we seek to do this for such a time as this. For many years, this congregation's mission statement followed Micah 6.8. Listen to this. Our mission to celebrate the good news by empowering all to follow Christ, equipping all to do what is just, encouraging all to show loving kindness, energizing all to walk humbly with God. You took this right out of the book of Micah, and we've been trying to live this out for quite a few years now. When we take the call to seek justice seriously, it may get us into trouble. It may put us at odds with people in power. It may put us at odds with one another because we will disagree with what does it mean to seek justice. And I sense that in the last few months, our nation has been struggling with just that. We are a divided nation. We are a divided denomination. We may be a divided congregation, but I recognize that our church here in Chatham has committed to love one another, even in our differences. And I am so grateful for that. That shows great spiritual maturity. But there are some in our congregation who are already hearing God call them to work for justice, to work for the least of these, whoever they are, in the spirit of Micah 6, 8. And that will not be easy work. And that will be a long road. But if God is in this, God will give the strength and courage needed for that. This call to be a justice seeker may be expressed in public ways. It may be expressed in political ways. It may be expressed in spiritual ways. It may be expressed in humble ways that nobody sees. There are many ways to be faithful to this text from Micah 6.8. Let me just close by sharing this Reflection from Steve Garnis Holmes, a United Methodist pastor in New England. He writes, Somewhere nearer than you think is a man on death row who does not want special favor. He only wants to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with his God. Somewhere nearer than you think is a trans woman of color who does not want special favor. She only wants her gifts to be appreciated and to be able to be kind without fear and to walk in peace. Somewhere nearer than you think are refugees who do not want special favor. They only want to be able to contribute, to receive kindness, and to be faithful to their God. Somewhere nearer than you think is a girl who has been trafficked and abused who does not want special favor. She only wants to know her power and her loveliness and her partnership with God. 
And what does, wa- does God want of you for the sake of these God's beloved? What can you do for their sake but to do justice that will be more bold than you may have thought? To love kindness that will be more challenging? To walk more humbly than you expected for their sake? This past Thursday night, I went to Bob Morris's 50th celebration of his ordination at the Episcopal Church in Summit. Bishop Mark Beckwith was there, and he closed the service with this benediction. And I found out that he uses this benediction often, and it comes from William Sloan Coffin. And this may be a word of encouragement to us. May God give you grace never to sell yourself short. Grace to risk something big for something good. Grace to remember that the world is now too dangerous for anything but truth and too small for anything but love. What does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require of you? To seek justice and love kindness and walk humbly with our God. Amen.